Welcome to Bitch Call Your Sponsor. Hi, Misty. Hello, Sam. <laughs> Here we are again. Shall we start with our primary purpose? Let's start. Our primary our pr- purpose yeah. is for Misty and, Misty Sam, and Sam to grow to their grow. friendship and maybe, and maybe help others. So, um, something, you know, that has been coming to my mind and the topic I wanted to bring to our conversation is, um, two moments. One is that I had arrived and the moment of grace. And the way I distinguish them is the, I think of Bill's story where he's like, I had arrived, you know, whatever he was doing, fat checks and playing on the golf course, whatever he was doing. Right. And I had a, I distinctly remember having a few, actually, I had arrived moments when I was out there using, you know, and then um, there's the moment of grace, you know, which I think Bill's was a white light experience. Mine, you know, happened, um, you know, when, when I'm finding the rooms or getting into the rooms, there's this moment of grace where when I look back, it's really like divine intervention. And so I thought like it would be, great for us to just kind of share our experience on both those moments um yeah i love this okay you go first teach me okay cool so my i'd arrived moment was you know the one i always share about i think is the one that um you know it wasn't when i was going to the fancy places when i was drinking it was when I went to like the dive bar, you know, and I would go to the same dive bar after work, meet my fancy friends. And um, I had decided somewhere along in my drinking and using that the first drink went down so quickly. So just bring me two of whatever drink I ordered. And the entire staff knew. So it doesn't it didn't matter who was serving me. They knew that whatever I ordered they would just bring me two of, you know, and that was my, like, I had arrived. Like it was my cheers. These people know me, you know? And it was like, I was accepted and looking back, it's like, wait, I, I got two drinks, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one is like immediately two drinks for Sam, you know, double fisting all the time, you know? And it's like, wow. Like if I did it, but everyone was just like, yeah, Sam just gets two drinks right off that, you know? Um, and I felt it was like this for me, it was like this, oh yeah, like I'm seen, I'm heard, however dysfunctional or whatever, you know, but it was like my, I had arrived, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can relate with that one. It was a camaraderie is what I felt. Mm, And I had a very similar one where I bellied up to my favorite bar and I would say, I'm an alcoholic, so make it a double. You know, I was like, yeah, of course I'm an alcoholic, (laughs) but this is why we need to increase my order every time I order. Mm. And I also had the experience of getting a DUI. So what I would do is I would pay the bartender's I would order two drinks and pay them $20 and say, hey, cut me off after this, like no more. 
And mm. then I would have to pay them $20 again and go, <laughs> hey, forget that. Give me more drinks. It was so expensive. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you know, I, uh, it's funny how I'm able to rationalize the crazy, you know, I mean, or rationalize these things that make sense. You know, it's like I call it that like alcoholic brain, the alcoholic equation, you know, let me move to the, a big city so I don't have to get a DUI and drive anymore. You know, it's like this is pre Uber, obviously, you know, um, but it's like, oh, I won't I, I won't I won't drive drunk now because I'm in a city and I, I don't have a car, you know. Um, it's just those types of um, that that mental state, you know, um, I was also thinking this I had arrived, you know, th there's always this thing that, you you know, you I always hear you say there is no there there. Right. And so pre program, there's a moment of I had arrived and in in program. I don't I mean, maybe you have I, I haven't had an I had arrived moment per se where it's like. I'm finally here, you know, there's been milestones where I'm like, oh, there's growth, you know, with, with holidays and stuff. I, I call it, you know, returning to the scene of the crime and I get to see how I've grown and how there's still room for improvement. Yeah. I think I've definitely had moments where I thought I had arrived in program and one of the ones, it's the same thing. It's the camaraderie, right? So I can remember being with a big group of young people and it must have been 94, 95, because I got sober in 93 and we all did everything together and we I don't even know when we worked because it just felt like we hung out at this one diner that we all loved. And then we all like, you know, stayed up and watched like movies and we'd go to the midnight meetings. And it was just like this big group of incestuous, sick alcoholics who were trying to get sober. <laughs> and it really felt like I'd arrived until, you know, I start mm. dating the guy that was lying about cancer and my sponsee, sponsee was sleeping with them. And I'm just like, wait, what? This feels so much like my drinking incestuous fucked up crew mm. that I felt like I'd arrived at. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, you know, it's um I I it's interesting watching, you know, uh newcomers and day counters because I get to see a reflection, you know, I get to identify like uh where I was. Not that I'm better, but it's just that where I was in early recovery, you know, and um I noticed for me like there's been clear shifts in what I am focused on. You know, I, one of my first sponsors always used to say, we don't need to get your entire life in order mm. today, you know, cause I would call every night and I do a check-in and, uh, you know, take everyone's inventory and um, bless his soul. And, you know, and then I would get into like, and then how am I going to ever work again? You know, it's like all this. And it was just like, yeah, we don't need to get it your whole thing in your whole entire life in order today. Um, so, yeah. And then for me, like the moment of grace is, is I guess it's, you know, um, 
you know, mine happened outside of a meeting where I was going to go back to my friends and visit my friends that I didn't see in a bit because I was, you know, removed from people, places and things in my early recovery. And, you know, it ha- I made a deal with myself, like, just go to this meeting and then you can go visit your friends after, you know. Um, and I went to the meeting and I, I wasn't fully in the program. You know, I didn't have a sponsor at this point. I was going to a lot of meetings. I was in therapy twice a week, you know, and I was kind of doing like my program, you know, and um, when I got to the car after the meeting, it it just dawned on me, you know, there was like this, it wasn't a white light moment. It was like, just this like, oh, wait, this program is about doing things differently, you know? And now that I look back, it's like, yeah, Bill didn't go to the bar. Bill made a phone call me i didn't get into the car i went back to the meeting and stood outside and smoked a cigarette you know and that's when my journey started you know uh in program in the sense of doing it with somebody and that's how i I met my first sponsor you know um and so for me that was like total grace because when i look back it's like I was ready to go back to the city. That was the plan, you know? Um, And it's, that was the fork in the road. And I didn't even see a fork until that moment where I was like, oh, you could have maybe have a cigarette outside the meeting and see what happens, (laughs) you know? Um, Yes. Yes. I think I remember my first moment of grace was, you know, I walked in the rooms of AA, just so full of shame and self-loathing that was disguised as grandiose behavior. And Mm. I didn't even realize how much I loathed my own company. And, And then all of a sudden I'm sober. And for a while, you know, it's these truth basement bombs. And there's this real sense, like we were just talking about camaraderie. And it just feels like, oh, my God, everything is so healthy and loving. And this is where I was meant to be, the pink cloud, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happened was I um, went to one of my clubs And one of the people I found out had been lying about being sober and the treasurer had run off a different person. The treasurer had run off with the money from the meeting. And, you know, I was like, wait, what? And then this old guy is sleeping with this girl that's 20 and has three days sober. And I'm like, wait, wrong? Um, And all the Mm. all of it, all the covers were pulled and this new utopia that. I thought I found of healing, it was taken away. So I'll never forget driving home from my job that night and I was waiting tables and it was probably, you know, 1130 at night. And I called someone who, this is so, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I called someone who I thought had less than 30 days and asked if they wanted to go out and have a drink. Mm. Um, and it turns out that person had three years <laughs> and the moment of grace was that they were like, you can absolutely go have a drink. Like you're of legal age, you have money in your pocket. You can go do that. And here's the thing is she said, I don't know about for you, but for me, I sometimes have felt just as alone in a room full of people drinking as I did by myself. 
And it made me realize like I was not going to get the solution in the bottle that I was hoping for. And she gave me permission to go do it, which was everything in that moment because I was so rebellious. Had anyone said, you shouldn't do that. Well, we would not be having this Mm. conversation today, probably. Oh, I literally, I'm getting misty. I, I am so grateful that person was there, (laughs) but I, I also am like, it's like this thing of allowing, right? It's like, it's so beautiful, this conversation, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, you can, and this is my experience, you know? And it wasn't because I think all too often, sometimes I hear of like, Oh, don't drink. Like, we can't drink. We can't drink. No, it's an option for me. It's on the list. It's just a lot lower on the list for Mm -hmm. me today. You know, I found other tools and other practices and other ways of being that um, actually give me a sense of ease and comfort, which is what I'm looking Uh for anyway. Um, But I love that. I love that it was, oh, it's on the table. You know, sometimes I'll get a call and they're like, no, we need to convince this person. I was like, wait, okay, so let's just, let's just put a pause. Let's press pause. Pressing the pause. Let's just like go inward Mm -hmm. and think of my own, what was my own experience? No one could tell me what to do. In fact, you exactly like you, you like don't drink or don't whatever. It's like, okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Literally, I was behaving yeah. like a baby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't put me in a corner. <laughs> and I love that you said grace because that's what mm. it is when somebody allows me to be who I want to be in that moment. And shows uh, safety and shows love. That is grace. And that is what is called uh, for in that moment. Nothing grows in the dark closet of shame. Uh, um, you know me with my acronyms <laughs> and my slogans. <laughs> So I just had to, I just just whip up my little like cheat sheet here. Uh, Grace, gently releasing all conscious expectations. Whoa. Whoa. I love that. For myself and others. Yes. For myself and others. That is beautiful. Gently releasing all conscious expectations of myself and others, including God. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Yeah. Including God. Because so much of the time it's like, yeah. oh, oh, I can't tell you how many times that I discovered turning it over. And what would happen when mm. I first discovered turning it over is it would work out my way. So I was like, okay, I turn it over and it works out my way. And I'm like, hello, magic. (laughs) And then after that, I'd be like, well, I turned it over. And then it's like, I have found, this is a misty theory, that I am allowed to grow and that I am met with some higher spiritual whatever with just about as much as I can handle, you know, or maybe mm. a little less than what I can handle. 
so that I grow. And Mm. so it was like the analogy I use is when I got sober, I could call my sponsor and I felt better. And then I could call Mm. my sponsor and go to a meeting and I felt better. And then I could go to call my sponsor, go to a meeting, read a little bit of the big book. And then, you know, it just went down the list. And then there was a time where I could do all that and I didn't feel better because my HP trusted me to feel discomfort finally, that I could handle it, that I'd, that I'd worked on all those tools and that I could now feel a certain monicum of discomfort. And that's the same thing with this is like at a certain point I would turn it over and it'd be like, okay, it didn't go your way. And then I got to feel the discomfort of that. Um, all this talk of discomfort. Um, you know, I, I appreciate when you used to say, I used to hear you say, um, to get comfortable with discomfort. Yeah. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Ugh. Which is not what I want to hear, which is not <laughs> what is the purpose of active addiction. You know, the purpose of active alcoholism untreated for me is to feel comfortable. Preach. You know, avoid problems, don't have pain, uh, just have comfort, you know, Um I was reading something recently. There's the this thing called the pleasure principle. Are you familiar with this? No, but it sounds so wonderful. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, it's it's really truly wonderful. It's it really it really describes like the McDonald's drive-through. So, um basically every human being known to man, um there's they want three things. They want pleasure, they don't want pain, and they want it they want whatever it is they want, which is pleasure quickly. Right. So if we think about a McDonald's drive through, it's mm-hmm. like, give me sugar, give me quick. It's all it's all pleasure, pleasure, pleasure until it's like, oh, I feel disgusting after. But then it's like, let me get it's like I'm already on a sugar fix. So let me get more, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's ba- it's built into our system. Right. And, you know, our step seven actually talks about, you know, character building before comfort you know if it's the other way around we put the cart before the horse you know and it's like i'm not here to build character i'm not here to feel discomfort you know that wasn't the goal of my life right the goal of my life was to suppress everything that was painful or i didn't want to address um and to just feel better or numb i think are the two when i look back on my my drinking and using history like those i think are the two things that i ultimately wanted call your sponsor call new episode tomorrow send us an email bcy sponsor at gmail.com new